Hi, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, people doing really cool things in their space. And we take some of those journeys, some of the the skills that people have developed and are passing on, and and hopefully you can take them and implement them in your lives as well. And and I know we have a guest that um, is, is a perfect fit for that today. Just before we jump into that, I, I wanted to call attention to um, Epitome Sportswear. Um, they are a, a company that has um, designed a, a line of a, a real collection of, of um, clothing and uh, um, you know apparel and, and different things that. Um, basically are, are set up to help you live your full potential. Um, they uh, believe in whole life success, just like we do here. Um, and, uh, and that means it's, it's making sure it's comfortable in your workout, comfortable, whether you're maybe at a, a big game for your child or, or maybe just also at home, creating that next really cool business and the comfort of your own home. So they're, uh, they look at living life fully. Um, one of the really cool things that connects well with us as well is that um, it's important for them to give back to the communities they serve. And so they're working hard to impact the inequities uh, for girls and women in sport. Um, and for that reason, a portion of their profits go directly to the organizations and initiatives that support that as well. So that aligns really nicely with us. So um, definitely take a look at it. You can go to our Instagram profile in the bio you can see a connect through there or just go to um, epitome e-p-i-t-o-m-e sportswear.com and uh, and take a look at it so i'm really happy today to be able to have uh, our guest heather monahan is a best-selling author she's a keynote speaker an entrepreneur um, and she successfully climbed the corporate ladder for nearly 20 years last being in a chief revenue officer and media uh, role um, she is a glass ceiling award winner, um, was named one of the most influential women in radio, and Thrive Global named her a limit-breaking female founder. Heather's first book, Confidence Creator, shot to number one on Amazon's business biographies and business motivation lists the first week it debuted on Amazon. And she has a successful podcast and now has written and launched a new book, Overcome Your Villains, which I know we're going to talk about today. But Heather, first of all, thanks for taking the time and, and congratulations on the new book. I know that can, can take a lot out of you getting to this point where it's actually out there. So, so welcome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, no problem. I, I don't know if um, you may not even remember, but I, I will kind of first of all say that um, you were actually, um, we had two launch guests and you were one of the two launch guests on this podcast uh, just over a couple of years ago. Um, you and Joe DeSena from uh, uh, Spartan were the, the two people that helped that. So I, I want to kind of throw out there that thank you because, you know, since then we've had lots of really cool guests and, and things like that. So it's, it's a real pleasure to have you back on here as well. Um, but, um, you know, for those people that, you know, maybe haven't kind of went through a bit about your journey and some of those things, why don't, why don't we start there a little bit? Cause I know that that kind of fits into the book, but really, you know, where, where, how did you get to this point? Because I know a lot of things kind of transpired that kind of moved you towards creating a book like this. Yeah. The first chapter actually in overcome your villains is really the detail behind the scenes and how I ended up where I am today, which, you know, at a high level is. Really, I'd worked my way up in the media uh, industry, had become a chief revenue officer, was just named one of the most influential women in radio. And three weeks later, I was fired when the CEO I worked for became ill and elevated his daughter to replace him. And I ended up taking that opportunity, as you mentioned, to write and self-publish my first book, Confidence Creator, and then launch my speaking career. And, you know, things started to really improve until COVID hit. And then, you know, the speaking business just completely disappeared. And I, during that time, I was appointed to the board of directors of HealthLink Corporation, 
I signed with my agent and um, I landed a deal with HarperCollins Leadership. And that's when I sat down and um, wrote my my new book and then really launched my virtual speaking career and a virtual speaking business and consulting business. Uh, and then slowly over the last few months, you know, in-person events have started coming back. And last week I was just named top 50 uh, keynote speaker in the world for 2022. So it's been uh, an adventure to say the least. Yeah, wow. I mean, so much has happened. And, and you mentioned it there um, about COVID and how that changed everything. And maybe, you know, from from your end, um, you know, I know you've been pretty open about during that time about how, um, you know, that could that could be pretty scary for a lot of people. How, how did that impact you? And, and did you really have to rethink kind of what you were doing? Because that was such a major part of your business at the time. Yeah, my number one revenue driver was my speaking engagements, and those were all canceled immediately when COVID hit. So it was an awful time for me. You know, I'm also a single mom, and we live in an apartment building. So that was, these were not ideal situations, you know, in a time when you really couldn't, there wasn't flexibility to be outside much or, you know, it, yeah. being in a building was really, really hard. So it was just a, a difficult time where, I had to reinvent what product or service can I market and and leverage during this time. And, and that's where the virtual speaking business came from. That's I started this coaching program, which led me to be appointed to the board of directors of HealthLink, which is an amazing opportunity, which is now my number one revenue stream is my board seat. You know, so all these things that in the moment, you don't really know how it's going to shake out or what's going to happen next. But now looking back on it, you know, they were blessings in disguise during a really difficult time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, the name of your book is Overcome Your Villains. I assume that has a whole bunch of different kind of connotations. I mean, for you, I think some of that probably goes back to the, you know, the, the things that you've had to deal with in your own life, but also is very transferable. Where, uh, first of all, where did that come from? Like, how, uh, how does that kind of come out in the book for you? And is that, was that a real personal experience? Is it something that you find people are connecting with? So data doesn't lie, you know, so I really look at everything through the lens of what is the data telling me and what, whatever the data is telling me is what's going to resonate, what's going to work. So with my first book, one of the chapters is actually called leapfrogging villains. <clears throat> and so I received so many DMS about that chapter. So when I look at the data, the chapter that landed or resonated the most with people was leapfrogging uh, your villain. So to me, when I made the decision to write the second book, it was obvious to me that that should be the title. When you sign with a traditional publisher versus self-publishing, you give up a lot of autonomy and a lot of decision making. So it wouldn't be just my decision. However, I knew that we would um, I'd get a vote. Right. So my vote was for leapfrogging villains. And HarperCollins leadership said, no, you know, we want to test it and see what the marketplace thinks. So we're going to yeah. come up with some ideas. You come up with some other ideas. And we went to market with 10 different names. And again, I had chosen Leapfrogging Villains. It morphed into Overcome Your Villains. And this was, it was so interesting. It was the first time I had seen um, a title, a checklet, the way that they had done it. But yeah. they went to hundreds of people. And 78% of the people picked Overcome Your Villains. So we said, okay, the data is not lying to us. Let's, you know, go with what's going to work. Yeah, well, and so many things are, are that way that, um, you know, what, what you intuitively think isn't necessarily always the case when you look at the data. So, um, I, and 
you know, I guess going along with that, you you have really um, you network very well. You've got a very deep network that has obviously helped you both in the release of this book, but in in kind of the things over the last couple of years. Is that um, is that something you do methodically? Is it something that just comes pretty naturally for you? Um, how does that work? No, <laughs> I see. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I I came up through the media business, right? So I part of my job was to travel around the country to our different marketplaces and meet with different clients, interview different people to onboard and, you know, and lead my teams in these different marketplaces. One of the things at a very young age, my early 20s, when I started in this business was I realized the more people I know that I can access, that I can tap to help me or to connect me with people, the more successful I'm going to be. So I, I knew I wanted to have a big network. I didn't have one. Yeah. So I thought if I'm traveling to all these cities and, you know, out and about in all these places, if I can just go all in while I'm there, meaning if I'm going to Philadelphia, I'm going to take every last hour out of that day, go to a dinner, go to the gym with people, meet for breakfast, you know, do everything that I can to maximize those opportunities to meet people and forge bonds. And that was very strategic, very intentional. It's exhausting, right? People will always say to me, you're so lucky to have a large network. I'm 47 years old and I've been doing this since I was 24, right? So for me, it's two decades of time, dinners, breakfast, you know, meetings that I've sacrificed other things so that I could create this. But in the end, it pays tenfold, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is that over the last year and a half, as we've moved to this virtual world, I now have some of my dearest friends I've made in the last two years, I've never even met in real in real life. And I, I actually had on my podcast yesterday, David Nurse, who's former NBA player, NBA coach, an amazing human being who I, I completely love and adore. We've never met in, in real life. So that's the cool thing about networking is that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be, at least these days, it doesn't have to be in real life. I do miss in real life, but you can forge true bonds and relationships with people, even just over the computer. Yeah. And, and it opens so many doors that you may not have that connection with because everything is so international. And so uh, um, when everything is virtual and everyone's doing it at the same time, the open availability is is so different as well, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the key really compelling parts of your book is how you've um, kind of systematized this kind of whole idea of how to go about um, moving past those villains or challenges. And, um, you know, I know that you you say beliefs, actions and knowledge. Can you can you talk a little bit about what that means and, and to somebody kind of understanding what your system looks like, where you came, where it came from and, and how you might apply it? Yeah, in 2019, one of my mentors called me and he's and I'm always asking people, what am I missing? You know, what am I not doing well? How can I get better? How can I get to the next level? And I was always asking him this question and he called me out of the blue one day and he said, I've been thinking about it. Here's what you're not doing. You're not distilling down the process into a very simplistic, easy, repeatable manner for others to emulate. You know, you're not teaching a very simple process that everyone can emulate to basically do what you do. People always want to know, how did you bounce back so quick from getting fired? How did you turn the company around that you were leading in 08, 09 during the recession? You know, how did you overcome divorce as a single mother with a one-year-old? People would ask me these same questions. And I started thinking, he said, I want you to sit and really think, what is the process that you use time and time again? And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, then it's on. You've got to figure it out. There's one that you're using subconsciously. I want you to be conscious about it. And then I want you to distill it. And then I want you to teach it. And so that was great advice. And it's not easy to do. It was not something that just appeared in my mind, right? I had to, yeah. this is something I've been doing subconsciously my whole life. So I sat down with a whiteboard and I just wrote out all the different challenging times in my life and what were the steps I went through. 
And then I looked for patterns and it took me months to, to really distill it. But once I did, I saw the thread. I thought, oh my gosh, it's so simple. And so it's a three-step process. It's powerful. It's proven. It's repeatable. It works all the time, every time, and anytime, and for anyone. And I've already seen the feedback just in the last few weeks that the book's been out where people are now putting it into motion in their life. And I'm incredibly conscious of it now. So when difficult things do happen, I consciously say, Heather, use the process. Sit down with your beliefs. And, and here's, I'll use the example of when I got fired. Okay, so step one is beliefs. When I got fired, I walked out of that office crying, thinking I've lost everything. I have nothing. And here's where you have to say, okay, let's put the process in motion. Take that belief that you're holding and strip it down to the most simplistic piece or shred of fact that may or may not be there. You may find there's no fact to it at all. So I, my belief was I've lost everything. When I, I, I dismantled that belief to fact, there was one fact. I lost a paycheck. I didn't lose my network. I didn't lose my health. I didn't lose my friends. I didn't lose my expertise. I didn't lose my unique value proposition. I didn't lose my talent. I had lost nothing but a paycheck. So once I dismantled that belief, it was much more manageable to handle the situation. Step two is take immediate action. And this is critical. A lot of people want to wait. And, and all you're going to do is delay overcoming the challenge and overcoming your villain. So my action step that I put into motion immediately was I posted on social media, I have just been fired. And if I've ever helped you in any way, I need to hear from you now. You know, I asked for help. I posted on social media and I asked for help and I let people know what was going on in my life. That post went viral and landed me on the Elvis Duran show. So that was step two, action. Okay, so I land on the Elvis Duran show and halfway through the interview, he says to me, well, Heather, obviously you're writing a book but I wasn't writing a book, right? I had just been fired and I'd always seen myself as the sales one. I didn't think of myself as a potential author, but in that moment, someone who's light years ahead of me spoke their truth into me. I took that truth and run with it. And, and that's step three, which is be very mindful and conscious about the knowledge that you're surrounding yourself with. Knowledge, step three is knowledge. So don't go to your grandparents or your mother, if you're looking for business advice, if they've never been fired from the C-suite, right? They're not going to be the ones to tell you how to navigate. However, you want to go to people who are light years ahead of you in success so that they can look back on your situation and guide you to what that right direction is. And I love, um, I, I have this quote in the book a few different times, never take direction from people who haven't been where you want to go. So be really mindful about who are the people you're looking to to access knowledge? Have they been where you want to go? And in my situation, Elvis Duran was light years ahead of where I wanted to be. So he was the right guy to access for knowledge. Yeah, very cool. And and how does that, uh, I mean, that's specifically about knowledge. Um, but um, what do you think about the whole idea that who you surround yourself actually is is kind of who you become as well? Like, it, it, you know, and that that isn't necessarily just somebody who knows exactly how to do something that you want to be able to do. But it's also that kind of positivity mindset. Is, is that something that you um, you kind of worry about yourself? Is that something that uh, that you find to be real? Yeah, I mean, for me, that is the knowledge piece. You know, whoever we're surrounding ourselves with, that is the knowledge that we're accessing whether we're acknowledging it or not, right? Some people just do it with through emotion that they're not even being mindful or aware. But instead, you know, and this is, I really try to hit this point in the book, be intentional about the social media accounts that you're following, about the people you sit with at the school lunch. 
all of these people are either going to have a positive or a negative impact on you. It's so rare that you're going to have a neutral impact. That's not going to happen, right? You're either going to leave a situation and say, wow, I feel uplifted and excited and energized or wow, I'm doubting myself and I feel really drained. So the third part of this book is really around challenging yourself to ask how you feel, to be intentional about who you are accessing this knowledge from and start making more directive choices that you are in charge of instead of just deferring to whatever's on on the TV and just sitting down in front of it. And you mentioned how you've already started getting some feedback from people so far. I guess um, both this book and your previous book about kind of building confidence and building back, I guess, from some of that as as well. Um, How often do you get something that inspires you or people that inspire you out of this? Oh my gosh, every day. It's a, when you write a book like this, a personal development book, business you know, development book, you're going to hear about people's personal lives. I get really heartfelt, meaningful messages telling me about deep, dark challenges in their lives and how the book is helping them to overcome. So it's, um, it's, it's surreal. It's not like, as we talked about before, I had a lot of success in corporate America. That was not like this success, meaning... It was about a paycheck and a stock price, right? And 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 about wealth that you're developing for, through the stock that you own in a company, not about the meaningful life-changing testimonials and life stories that people are granting you access to. It's it's incredibly touching and um and really life-changing. Yeah, and right now I would assume you probably get even more of that than you might have before. And I think that's probably why this book also hits at a really good time um, is how many people have been, you know, negatively impacted by things over the last couple of years. Has that, has that been something that you've seen? I mean, I know that, you know, you've been pretty open about how, um, how you had to get yourself some of through, uh, through some of that, but there's probably a lot of people that are still in some of those situations and trying to muddle their way through it right now. More than you would know. It, and it's shocking to me because I remember when I landed my book deal, it was the second week of COVID. And my agent was saying, Heather, no one's putting big offers out right now. Everyone's panicking. It's like the worst possible time. And I remember saying, you're right. And then I also remember at one point in time during COVID, HarperCollins came back to me and said, we're going to go ahead and cut your hardcover. And I said, what? And we were on a conference call, my agent, HarperCollins and myself. And I said, what are you talking about? Why would we do that? They said, the book business is really unraveling right now. Numbers are going down drastically. No one knows what's happening moving forward. We need to start cutting costs. And, and I said, no. And she said, what do you mean no? And I said, I don't agree to this. That's not the agreement that we originally had. And I was nervous as, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, and yeah. she said, well, you, you're not allowed to say no, this is what we're doing. And I said, but I have a contract in place that says otherwise, right? I just wasn't going to let it go. I said, let's change the conversation here. What do I need to give you or how can I better support you so that you can see cutting my hardcover will end up costing us money. And she said, show me that your audience would purchase a hardcover. Show me stats that say your audience is larger now than it was, you know, a couple of months ago when we signed the deal or whatever it was. Anyways, I had to put together a pitch deck to go back to her, to sell her on the concept of keeping the contract the way that it was. So these were some of the behind the things challenges that I was dealing with that was making it very scary and wondering, is this the worst possible time to ever put a book out? Yes, it seems like it is. So fast forward to now where you're saying, you know, it's the ideal time. It is funny because only a few months ago, it was the worst. And then with my book launch, everything was completely screwed up. 
because of supply chain issues, right? So in 2018, I wrote my first book, everything was perfect. Yeah. All the books dropped on the day that was planned. There was no challenges, nothing went wrong, flawless. And I just thought that's the way it will always be cut to 2021, you know, three days before my book launch, which we had planned for for eight months and done so much work for. They said, we've got to move the date. Nothing's coming through. Then half the books came through on the original launch date, half came through on the new fake launch date. And it was just one challenge after another. So to, it, it's interesting in that you think that for sure, the next time you do something, the second time you do it, it's going to be bigger, better, more successful. What I've yeah. learned, you know, thanks to 2021 is that that's not always the case for things and challenges that are outside of your control. But that's when I go back to my back process and say, okay, distill the belief to actual fact. I can't control that ship date. There's nothing I can do. I can't take action right now, which I go into, and then I can access the right knowledge, which means calling one of my friends like Amy Moore, an international best-selling author to say, what do I do now? Because I am so bummed out that this is happening. And she puts me at peace saying, don't worry, <laughs> different situation happened to me, but it was equally as bad. And two years later, my book became an international bestseller in spite of all that happening. So um, I just keep going back to the process. Yeah, well, and, and I, I think that's a lesson most people have to take right now is that um, there's still so much that can change that uh, being adaptable and, and having a kind of an approach is probably the, the most important part of it. Um, it you're, you're very... Um, uh, you're very vulnerable about all of those things. You're very open, I think, with your audience and through your content about, um, you know, the challenges that you um, have been through, but also that you have pretty consistently like anybody else does. Uh, is that easy for you to do? And, um, you know, maybe I'll throw that, out, especially considering, you, you know, if you're doing it publicly through whether it's your content or social media or things like this, um, is that something that, that comes easily for you? So it was not... Uh prior to getting fired, getting fired was really the first time that I publicly put myself out in the marketplace with something that people, when you, when you do something different, unique, which posting that you get fired is not the norm, right? That's, that's a white space is what I like to call it. It's an opportunity, yeah. right? No one owns that, own that space. I own that space now. So I see getting fired as in good company, right? Mark Cuban's been fired. JK Rowling's been fired. But when I put that post up, People who love me called and said, take that post down. You look pathetic, that you should feel embarrassed. They wanted to tell me how I should, you know, behave. And I checked in with the one voice and opinion that counts, my own. And I didn't feel ashamed. I knew I didn't do anything wrong. That woman fired me because she didn't like me. That's, that's okay. That's her choice. I didn't need to feel bad about it because others saw it that way. And, and so I decided this is a white space. This is something I can own. Does it feel uncomfortable stepping into it? Of course, it was new. It was different. And I got a lot of people telling me I should not do it, that it was the wrong decision. But for a long time, I had listened to the voices outside of me instead of the one inside me. And that hadn't served me well. So I thought, you know what? If this hasn't been working for me, listening to what everybody else wants me to do, I'm going to start listening to what I want to do. And no, it, it isn't always comfortable. It isn't always easy. But in the end, it always pays off. And um, this is the time of year when uh, people start looking at, okay, you know, the new year's coming up, all of those things as well. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you have a lot of goals, you know, set right now, but um, how do you approach that? Like you, um, uh, are you a big planner? Are you a big kind of goal setter uh, from that end? Like uh, what kind of approach do you have as you head into kind of an upcoming year? You know, planning is not, it, it's a joke, right? Because ever since COVID hit, I used to be the biggest planner in the world. I had a 10-year plan. I knew exactly to a T what was going to happen. 
And that went out the window when I got fired, right? So that was the first time I saw that movie. Oh, wait, planning for everything doesn't actually mean it's going to work out. I didn't realize that. <clears throat> so then COVID came and that completely threw us for a loop. So I don't believe in this whole planning for everything situation. What I believe in is absolutely set goals, absolutely have big vision and big intention. But just as important is be ready to be fluid, that everything could shift and go completely left or right. And that that idea that it doesn't have to be this way, that was hard for me to let go of because for a long time in my career, I will say it did go just the way I thought it was going to, you know, for almost whatever it was, 15 years, it was going just the way I thought it would. There were very few surprises, but that's because I wasn't stepping into this unfamiliar, uncomfortable zone. I was staying in that quote unquote safe zone. So the more you start living and thriving in the unfamiliar, the more you're going to see your plans aren't going to turn out the way that you think, but it ends up being so much better. Yeah. Wow. Um, so uh, one thing we ask every guest is, is um, you know, to take away a couple of uh, like two or three um, tips that somebody could take away right away. So who's listening? And um, I know we touched on a, a couple of them before, but maybe if this is almost a bit of a kind of a, a recap piece is that if somebody is, is at the point now where they're, they're looking at overcoming some, some relatively big challenge in their life. And I think most people probably have some of them. Um, if, if somebody's tackling something like that, do you have two or three things that you think they could do right away to, to get themselves on that path to overcoming? Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Number one, you need to hold yourself accountable. A lot of people know the villains that they have in their life. They need to fire, but for some reason, they're just not pulling the trigger and actually falling through. So give yourself a specific date, give yourself a timeline and hold yourself accountable. And someone will say, I don't know how I can hold myself accountable. Put it on social media. That's how I got myself to write my second book. I was dragging my feet. I didn't want to do it. So I posted, guys, I'm writing my second book. It's going to be out next year. I'm so excited for you to read it. I did that to reverse engineer pressure on me because then people would message me. Hey, what's the name of the book? Hey, are you going to get an agent? Are you doing traditional publishing? And the more you get into the nitty gritty about something, the more it becomes real, the more you are going to take action to actually make it come to fruition. So, and some people might say, I'm not on social media, Heather. Well, great. Then go to a trusted friend or someone that loves you and say, here's my situation. I've been dragging my feet on firing this villain from my life. I need to pull the trigger. I'm giving myself an end date of, you know, whatever it is, January 15th in 2022. Would you help to hold me accountable to making this happen? Once you put it out there and start speaking that truth into existence, once you write it down, right? 90% of people will write down a grocery list, but I don't even know what it, 20% of people will write down what their specific goals are, right? For the next month or year, give yourself that chance to succeed by writing these things down, holding yourself accountable, and then you start taking action and building a plan against it. And it's fine if the plan changes, right? You know, you go in open-minded, things can change. Whether that's, a, in your mind, you have it built up to be a very difficult conversation, you go in and it's a very easy conversation, right? And, you, and you're pleasantly surprised. Or you go in thinking this person's going to be, you know, mad at me or and the person's not phased at all. So what you end up finding out when you deal with these big challenges and take them head on and hold yourself accountable is typically it's not nearly as bad as you think it's going to be. Awesome. Okay. And, and so the most important thing is how do people um, get, uh, get a hold of your book, Heather? What's the best way of doing that? And for following you and finding out all the great things that you're doing. 
You can go to overcomeyourvillains.com. My book, Overcome Your Villains, is everywhere, anywhere you would find books, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, Books a Million. It's everywhere. It's And that's one of the great things about being with a traditional publisher. I actually narrate the Audible version, which I'm a huge fan of. Definitely, I went, they gave me total creative flexibility with it. So it's a little bit different than the actual hardcover book, which yes, there is a hardcover, even, they, even though they tried to cut that one on me. We got it saved. <laughs> We got it out there for everybody for holiday gifts. Definitely pick it up for the ones that you love. And I'm at Heather Monahan on all social media and creating confidence as my podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. I know things are, are quite busy and uh, uh, we wish all the success in the world with being able to get this out there. If you haven't picked up the book, make sure you do it. Um, the, the content is fantastic. And, and again, thank you for taking the time with us today, Heather. Well, thanks so much for your support. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no problem. And everybody else, if you haven't hit subscribe in the podcast, do that right now. We have uh, fantastic guests every week and you'll be the first to know about it. Um, Otherwise, we'll talk again on Big Idea, Big Moves. 